0: Hello humans of triathlon and welcome back or welcome to the HOT Podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon, one human, one story at a time. With the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real, authentic, raw and enjoyable conversations with triathletes from around the globe and from all walks of life. I'm Swapnil Chauhan here with my co-host Charles Hunk and Radmom Robin along with another amazing guest.
1: Did you know that highly achieving people in their fields, they usually start in complete ignorance of what makes them ultimately highly achieving people? Take the case of today's special guest, who started running at the weight loss mechanism while he was 95 kilos. And at some point he got inspired by a TV show about the Ironman race, as we all do. So he turned to triathlon and he had at this, at this stage no idea about swimming and thought that nobody training and completing an Ironman would actually make him a great swimmer. Well, guess what? On the day of his first Ironman attempt, he barely made a swim cutoff by just two minutes. And he finished the race in just under 16 hours. But you know what? This was just the beginning. First, he had the courage to do what many people wouldn't. In 2013, after 14 years of working in the IT arena, he managed to move out of the evil corporate world to fulfill his dream and become a full-time triathlon coach, especially supporting the growing sport in India. And second, this mate has some curriculum. Listen to this. 20 Ironman races, including Kona, 13 marathon races, including being a Boston qualifier. He has coached over 500 athletes from couch potatoes all the way to ultraman triathlon finishers. He's the only Indian to be awarded the All World Athlete Gold Status five years in a row. That is the top 1%, meaning that he was the highest ranked Ironman age grouper from India, over the last five years. And on top of that, he's the second fastest Indian Ironman finisher behind Subravani Venkatesh. Although he's based in Brisbane, today we have our first ever guest from India, the land of the great Taj Mahal and the multi-million dollar industry of Bollywood. The land of incredible people like Sachin Tendulkar, Mahatma Gandhi, and Shah Rukh Khan. The land of curries, land Vindaloo, Dosas, and Chaiti. Plus is the second most populous country in the world, home to 1.3 billion people. If you're the highest ranked RMN age grouper from India over the last five years, out of 1.3 billion living people, that my friends is a big deal. Please welcome to the Humans of Triathlon Hot podcast, Coach Deepak Rash.
2: Thank you, Charles. Hey coach. Welcome.
1: Thanks everyone.
0: Yeah, we're glad to have you on the show, Coach. Um, like Charles mentioned, you're our first Indian guest. So I'm sure it's going to be a great episode for all of us and our listeners to hear and get an insight into, you know, what the triathlon scene is like in a country like India, where the sport is just getting started. And also just your journey as someone who adopted the sport pretty early on and has seen it evolve over the years, and now easily one of the top coaches and athletes in the country. So yeah, I think it's going to be a good listen. So thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So to get things going, we usually like to start off at the beginning of the timeline, which would be your childhood, your family, where and how you were raised, and such. So let's say you had to write a book about your life from the time you were born until now. What would be the title of your first chapter, and why?
2: I think to start with, uh, I think everybody back in India would maybe you know just grow grow up playing cricket or whatever it is. I think um, I think I had a very sim similar lifestyle as opposed to that school cricket and watching cricket and playing cricket. I think that's what it was, and uh, slowly in high school, just found basketball to be a little more interesting, and so. That's another one which sort of you know caught my attention during that time, and I still follow basketball. And maybe not having as much time as I can play now, but uh, that's something which I remember uh, quite uh, vividly in terms of high school and college, just playing basketball more as a pastime and nothing, nothing really serious. And uh, that's what it was. And I think um, to start with post college and things, everybody, I think the whole IT revolution or uh, job market around IT was all talked about. So I was also one of them with respect to trying to, you know, move towards IT post my college and uh, getting my, uh, you know, engineering degree completed. So that was pretty much uh, my foray out of studies and into the, uh, you know, the corporate world, so as to speak, and uh, made that transition.
0: Right. So so when was it that your health sort of started getting away from you and you started putting on the weight and what exactly led that led to that happening
2: I think uh, I think I was always a bit a uh, bit overweight maybe I was always a foodie I think I still am a foodie but thankfully to triathlon I think you can afford to sort of you know moderate a bit and get away with a few things but yeah I have definitely made some big uh, changes since taking up the sport. But I think way back in school and college and things, yeah, I was I was definitely having a lot of uh, a bad uh, lifestyle choices, mostly on food and sweets. I mean, uh, it wasn't about uh, drinking or anything else, uh, but it was primarily, mainly, I know, food. I love sweets. I still do. So that's what got me there. And the same continued after joining the corporate world and you know, uh, have a you know, good life uh, in terms of good job, um, uh, travel overseas for, uh, you know, IT projects. Uh, once I joined, uh, I joined Infosys, uh, where I worked for close to 14 years. And, and I think, you know, good job, uh, good money. And uh, the only way, I guess, at that point to look at that was to, you know, uh, do what you want types. And that definitely built up over a period and uh, got me to, well, Uh, Maybe where I shouldn't be with respect to my weight and everything else. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you like see that amongst your colleagues as well?
2: I certainly do. I think um, even while I was there uh, in that stage, uh, everyone around me, well, it was the same, right? Everybody um, sort of following the same. Right now, I still see a lot of people who come to me for, you know, to join uh, as part of our training program, uh, you know, uh, they typically have a pretty similar uh, you know cycle of what they've gone through uh reasonably active in their school college and then once the corporate world comes uh pretty sedentary lifestyle you know yeah. the hour, working hours in turn affects you know what they can do in terms of sleep food habits and then at about 30 35 or maybe even later uh they want to do cha- they want to make some changes and that's what triggers a few things uh but yes very common right now i think that's one thing that bridges
3: cultures is the computer culture yes chained to a desk
2: it's it it it, it's the bug has hit everyone (laughs) yes Mm.
0: so you know with any weight loss or transformation or lifestyle change of any kind i'm always interested to know like what led you to wanting to make the change at that particular time and was, was there like a specific defining moment kind of thing, or was it more like a series of events? Um,
2: can't put a finger on anything, but I think one thing which came up was uh, well, I think I was about 20, 24, 25 maybe, and uh, I got uh, posted to Germany for an IT project working with Adidas, and uh, I was just maybe six or six months into my career. I, uh my my career with respect to you know uh, just after engineering and at that point i saw a lot of people around me who were maybe twice my age 45 or 50 years old uh, you know out there uh, you know staying active uh, running cycling coming cycling to work and running uh, in lunch breaks and everything else uh that i just saw that and said i'm half the age and barely can manage to do anything else so that's where i said okay time to do some changes and uh, decided to decided to do something and again took up running at that stage to to see if i can you know start that journey and that's what started and i really have to thank the people around me at that time and and actually that environment to you know force me to think and uh, i decided to take up running and eventually uh, i was in germany and berlin marathon was something which was very obviously you know the biggest marathon one of the biggest marathons in the world and the biggest one in germany and i said uh, after a few days of sort of running and things i said okay maybe sign up for that maybe if i train for that and do that hopefully it'll force me to make a few changes and start that thing and so i went ahead and signed up with absolutely zero experience of much uh, running uh, in hindsight as a coach maybe not the most ideal build up and everything else but got through and <laughs> i'm glad i stuck with it uh, after that also
3: did you have uh, friends or co-workers that joined you or were you just totally training on your own i had
2: a few people who had done the berlin marathon before and this was way back in 2002 uh, so so yeah I, I did my initial reading and you know had the typical uh, um, sort of you know build up the, the runs every week I, I didn't have anyone to I mean I could have run with few people but obviously I was extremely slow and uh, you know barely managed to keep pace <laughs> uh, there were people around who definitely helped me to understand you know what needs to be done and you know do the usual long run and three weeks before do this and uh, you know everything else yeah, uh, pretty good runners around. So that kept me inspired. And, you know, obviously, you know, the community keeps you going. But yeah, that got me started. and
0: It's amazing how the environment makes such a big difference. Because, you know, like you said, you were in India and people around you weren't doing much. Um, so you were j- basically following that same path. And then you go to Germany, you see all these people you know whether they're running or cycling or whatever, and you get inspired to do the same. So it's 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 all, it's amazing how crucial a role the environment plays.
2: Absolutely, I think uh, I. That's what when you said any defining moment or things. I think again, it's not like the first day I landed there. It still took a time to put through, but definitely, you know, uh, thankful to Adidas and the people around and everybody there to support and and uh, I definitely. I owe them a lot with respect to where I am right now.
3: So what was that first marathon experience like?
2: It was one long day. Uh, I think <laughs> uh, obviously uh, zero running experience. But one thing which was always, uh, uh, which got, sort of got me going through the, the training and the run was uh, prior to that. I mean, uh, I don't think many people know this, but uh, my first sort of race or event was actually not a, a full full running marathon. Actually, it was a skating, inline skating marathon. Uh there was a b there was a uh, yeah. So there was a skates I had bought in Adidas uh, uh for about, I don't know, five or ten euros in some sale and it was just lying around in the closet and I said, Okay, I need to learn how to skate and nothing happened for a long time and at one stage there was a 38 kilometer skating marathon in the nearby town. So I said, okay, let's go sign up. It'll force me how to learn how to skate. And that got me going. And I somehow learned how to skate and uh, inline skates and did that marathon, 38 kilometers of inline skating. Yeah, it was very, it was very uh, satisfying that I sort of, you know, uh, chased that goal. And that got me going for the first marathon where it said, okay, if I can have, learn how to skate and then do a marathon, I, sh- I think I know how to run. I just need to get better at it and, you know, go at it so that was my key motivation and you know sort of uh, thing to say all right i've done the hard part uh, with respect to that so that's how the journey for that marathon sort of made me mentally a little more uh, i would say easier even though physically it was very hard i think that uh, i drew a lot from the previous experience yeah it was uh, had my share of you know knee pains and it band injuries and all those things which which i heard later on i just had I was just suffering in the build up and things but but uh but yeah, I managed to sort of do that took about four hours fifty eight minutes for my first marathon, which I'm uh yeah pretty happy with I think it's a it's a good debut <laughs> for about uh signing up for it maybe three months before and just having to i was just running a f- few kilometers here and there, so not a good ideal build up but um. Uh, very happy with that. And uh, yeah, I did. I still remember a funny part where I was supposed, some people told me you have to do your longest run three weeks before a marathon. And I said, all right, I didn't have any, you know, we didn't have any Garmin or anything else. So I said, there's a stadium close to my home. I remember still going there and saying, let me run there and do about 70 laps of a 400 meter track.
3: That's about 28
2: Ks. (laughs) And it was about one kilometer away from home. So I one one and a half maybe. I said, all right, I need to do my 30K run. You know, everyone's talking about it. So let me go do that. So went there and did. I think I got through about 68 laps. And believe me, it was one kilometer away from home. And I still remember calling a cab to go home.
3: <laughs> I couldn't
2: complete that run. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think uh, those are the days which sort of, you know, you go back and said, okay, Uh, tough times but uh, uh, I still you know have a laugh about it and I'm glad I stuck with it and uh, yeah 42 kilometers was a thing but Berlin Marathon is such a great atmosphere about 25-30,000 people run I think that just carried me through and you know I'd set a target of just completing it and then the secondary target was maybe you know under five hours so I'm I was really happy that I got that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just surprised at how you do this. I mean, you came from from being essentially a, an IT world, 95 kilos, let's sign for a marathon in three months. Uh, this is in 2002. So YouTube has still three years uh, more to go to be founded. So I don't know how to train for a marathon. I've, nah, there's no YouTube queue to, to look at it. And suddenly you just have this small community of people inspired by ideas. You do this inline skating marathon and suddenly you go to the Berlin marathon, none other than and you complete it in a very, very decent time for your first marathon. So uh, that's uh it's a it's a very impressive uh, story so far, definitely. Thank
3: you. Especially the run on the track. That that's that is crazy dedication. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that that shows like a little glimpse of things to come for you, it seems like. That's some foreshadowing. Yeah,
2: unfortunately no GPS time. The only way I could sort of measure and you know, keep my nutrition going and everything's scarce there. But yeah, I think it, it built up now. I Even now I run one kilometer repeats, even when I do long runs and people say, how do you do that? I said, well, uh, I've done 30K runs on tracks and <laughs> 150 kilometer bike rides in 1.4 kilometer bike tracks. So, you know, it makes it easier on the mind for me.
3: I guess it's kind of like swimming laps, sort of the same thing. True. Yeah. So where did you go from there?
2: well after that uh, i think i don't think i made complete uh, changes to my lifestyle so obviously along the way during the training and everything else had started to lose weight and everything was you know going well but after the marathon i don't think i made wholesome changes which are sustainable so i sort of yo-yoed a bit up and down again with respect to weight i did a bit of few more uh, running events uh, i decided to I heard about this Boston thing and I said, okay, and everyone were talking about this sub three being this, you know, big, uh, big goal of only a very small percentage doing. So I just wrote down uh, two goals. One was to qualify for Boston and two was to run a sub three hour marathon. Um, so then I just started to train a bit more and slowly got my times and, uh, and I wanted to go after a sub four. So I sort of, Got that work going. Had a couple of failures. I think I went too hard too early, unusual things, nutrition, and all that. So I did a, I think a four eleven and a four twenty three. Uh, obviously on track until thirty or thirty two kilometers, and then <laughs> faded away. Uh, you know, uh, dramatically. Uh, but along the same time, in the place where I was staying, this is a small village in Germany called Hetzogenaurak. I mean, small village or. Uh, I don't think even it's a town; it's a small place. That's where the headquarters of Aridas is, and also just two blocks away is the Arida, uh, headquarters of Puma. So it's the small place, and uh, they they were organizing a triathlon, calling it Herzoman. You know, Herzo being short form for Herzogenaurach, and uh, obviously taking on the aspect of an Man. I didn't know about Man, I just knew okay there is a triathlon called Herzoman. I think it was about 400 or 500 meter swim. 20k ride and 5k run in the forest and 20k ride around the village so i think i think it was a borrowed cycle or i can't remember uh, i think i had a small commute bicycle so yes uh, i sort of knew how to swim maybe 15 20 meters but nothing more than that so obviously again i said okay let's sign up it'll force me something else a new challenge uh, so signed up uh, practiced a bit. And uh, and I think, you um, know, uh, I said, okay, let's go ahead with this triathlon, which is happening. Uh, so again, I think 400 meters swim. And I think there was a, a wave starting every 15 minutes where people would jump into a pool. And I remember still talking to him through a translator saying, what if I can't finish this 400 meters in 15 minutes? He said, no, 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 everybody does. I, he thought I was kidding. <laughs> I don't think he had seen me swim. So I think I just took about 14 minutes and 40 seconds or something to complete the 400-meter swim. That, uh, I was the only one stopping after every 25 meters in a pool, obviously. And uh, But yeah, it I finished that. But then I felt, you know, it's it's time to maybe stick to running. Swimming's not my stuff. So uh went back to running. Tried another one in the U.S., again in a swimming pool, uh, small swimming. Not even a sprint triathlon, shorter than that. Again, struggled with the swim. So I said, I think that's it. Let's leave it at that and stick to running goals and managed to run a sub four-hour marathon after a couple of attempts and kept that going until I sort of, you know, landed in Australia and saw that thing on TV about Ironman and things. And that's where, you know, the thing came back to me saying, okay, let's give triathlon a shot a lot more seriously and, uh, you know, uh, build up properly.
0: Right. And so was the move to Australia because
2: of your work? Yes, once again, I really have to thank, uh, you know, my job and career early on in IT where, uh, you know, well, I spent almost four to five years in Germany, which I think helped me shape a lot of things. After that, uh, I was uh, in the US for about six months, where again, uh, that's where I did my f- sub four hour marathon, I think three fifty nine fifty six or something in uh, in Tucson. And uh, then back to Australia, where, again, I was uh, was sent here for a project uh, for about six to nine months, sort of IT assignment. Uh, So once I came here, I think that whole aspect of swimming and triathlon was always there. And I guess, you know, I think we all know Australia uh, has a land of, I mean, a lot of good swimmers. I thought it must be something with the water they drink or something there, so maybe give it another shot. <laughs> and uh, I just started to you know, do that, but at the same time saw this thing, I think it was Ironman Florida or Ironman Cozumel, I can't remember, on ESPN, and I'd never heard about Ironman or those distances. When I looked at it, I said, okay, uh, it sounds like a challenge. I want to train for it and do that. And again, it'll force me to focus on swimming and and, you know, maybe uh, maybe uh, make me a very good swimmer. Uh, obviously, very wrong about what it takes to be a good swimmer. But uh, <laughs> I was another trigger and that's what got me started. Uh, a little bit of a detour from my running goals and qualifying to Boston. But I thought this is, this is a bigger challenge and I want to go after
0: it. So, like, when did you actually feel the need to get a coach? And so, which Ironman did you sign up for?
2: uh this was port mac anman uh, port macquarie anman australia april 6th 2008 so uh once i came here that's when i sort of looked at it i mean and then uh, at that stage you still had to do a half or a 70.3 to validate yourself uh and so i did a gold coast uh, close to where i live in brisbane so gold coast half Ironman uh so sort of you know yeah. did that uh, i think the first First uh, seventy first Ironman, and even the second Ironman was primarily sort of self coached. You know, uh, bought a book. I think going long, uh, there is a book, and just built up my training plans, and uh, you know followed some principles and looked at it. Uh, the first Ironman, and even the second one, I think just three weeks before my second Ironman is where uh, I did uh, you know sign up under a coach. And, uh, I still remember when I was going riding with somebody else, I was always training alone. Even going to a swim squad, uh, was a little bit demotivating because you are in the slowest lane and even with fins on, I couldn't keep up with the rest of the squad, right? So those were some early days where I said it just, uh, you know, in retrospect, maybe I should have stuck with it. I think I would have got my swimming a little more better quicker, but obviously at that stage, uh. I just wanted to do little things on my own until I get to a certain stage, which I think uh, that time felt felt normal or the right thing to do. But uh, I wish I had, uh, had done some things differently. So yeah, the first one or two Ironmans uh, uh, was uh, with, with myself. Three weeks before my second Ironman, I I signed up with Alan Pittman here in Brisbane and uh, you know... Since then, I've always had a coach. He's, uh, he's continues to be my mentor, and now uh, I have uh, another coach, Toby Somerville, uh, who's also you know been helping me over the last you know year or two. So uh, definitely made a huge difference to how you approach things. Uh, thankful to those coaches and uh, and a lot of people around me who have helped me.
3: So when you say makes a huge difference, why don't you kind of expound on that? Since you are a coach. What were the big differences you noticed at first
2: um I think uh two things one was uh I think the confidence the coach gives you when when you yourself don't see things uh so that came as a you know i had i'd always ran a few marathons right and in the build up and even doing a sub four hour marathon for me was took a lot of years i did that and and I'd done a three fifty eight 357, uh, but then Uh, a bunch of people were training here for a Gold Coast Marathon. And I remember my coach uh, looking at me and saying, "Uh, I think your target of 345 or 350, what you're looking at is too conservative. I think you can, you know, uh, you can do a 330. And I'm like, that's a big difference from what was in my head. Right. I mean, uh, and uh, maybe he said that to push me or maybe he saw that whatever it may be, but he said, nah, I've seen you run. You're not focused on running for... Fresh marathons. We've been focused on triathlons. That doesn't mean your running is not where it should be, and uh, and it was not like eight months from now we'll run a three thirty. This was just a marathon uh, eight weeks away, actually, and we were we were just training for triathlons and along the way see if we can put a block of running and put through, and and that really gave me a lot of confidence, and I did do a 330, 330 actually uh, uh, in that marathon. That that sort of you know that's one thing which I feel you know, people see, uh, they know when to push you. And at the same time, they know when to hold you back when you're trying to do too much, which I've seen, uh, you know, when, when things don't go your way, the most natural thing people do when they're self-coached, or at least which I used to do is go do more, more of the same thing or completely change things. And, uh, you know, as my coach also, you know, used to say, and I think you also will agree, endurance sport is filled with free advice. <laughs> yeah. Every time you go for a ride, you'll get, five other things all with good intentions and maybe there but maybe not works for you so one person keeping perspective of what's good for you what's the right time to push when to pull back and you know to think and take away the thinking of what do i do tomorrow right i just wake up i have a two hours 45 minute bike trainer workout today which i will do later in the day right i don't have to think what i have to do doesn't matter when what i'll get it done because my coach has told me right so that just that just brings a lot of perspective uh, as a coach i can coach myself i think i know enough about you know coaching but i don't think i'll i'll be where i am if i had sort of you know done that so that that two things of uh, uh, has really shown the difference with respect to uh, what it means mm.
0: So you self-coach yourself for two Ironmans which is pretty impressive but do you ever regret not getting a coach earlier on because I mean I'm sure coaching yourself would have done a lot of good in some ways as well because you would have had to go out there and learn stuff yourself and you know be accountable to yourself and maybe even understand your body a bit better. So do you regret getting not getting a coach earlier on or do you think it was a good way to go?
2: No, I think uh, in retrospect, I think from day one, if I had started, uh, uh, well, I might not have given a you know such a hard time for my wife who was waiting for me at the swim cutoff times and things, and me coming that close and and you know all those things. Uh, but but I think yeah i'm a sort of mixed uh, thing i think in general yes i learned a lot like you've rightly identified i learned a lot about the whole principles and how my body responds and things but i think in retrospect still i think uh i wish i'd taken a coach i think that uh, that uh, part would have been but no regrets about uh, me having done on my own because i think that shaped me to think a lot i did a lot of reading on on lots of things even though i might not have implemented everything due to paucity of time and corporate work and family and everything else but there were so many things which i learned which i still you know remember and now uh, has helped me in my coaching part uh, but it was some good fun times uh, with those things uh, with those uh, you know early days uh, but also it was a lot of solitary training so in addition to getting coached i think joining a group even if not a coach, would have I think uh, uh, also helped. But I think it's still a solitary sport. I I think those early days of training alone and uh, sticking to certain plans, which I myself made, and accountability to myself, I think that sort of you know definitely helped me you know get a bit mentally more stronger.
3: Mm. It sounds like you built in some toughness early on.
2: Yeah, not too much choice when you <laughs> sign up there and can't show up. I think it humbles you, right? I think we've all done triathlons and marathons. So luckily, I think I didn't have to find it too hard. I mean, had some bad races. I think we all have, but uh, but yeah, no point moving the goalposts. So I sort of, uh, I use that. It's not as fear that the race is coming. I think I just use it as, okay, what I do today will help me on race day. So just better get it done.
1: Mm. And you've been talking about this concept of of finding the right balance, you know, about you saying about to know how to push yourself because it's important not to find an an objective to to make headway and advance in the sport, but also avoid getting the burnout or uh, getting injury or whatever. And obviously during these two sort of first Ironman, let's call it the two Ironman initial period of yourself, you were self-coached. So, and now, but now, obviously you are, a certified coach, and you have uh, all this experience. So now, obviously, in retrospect, do you think that could have had? I mean, you could have had a better balance uh during this initial phase, or you think that you managed to know your body well doing your self coach?
2: No, I think one of the things I remember reading also was, you know, listen to your body, which I still tell to all my trainees. Yes, I've given you a workout today. But uh, but still, listen to your body. If you don't have it, you know, change it. But if it happens too often, either the recovery is not proper, or you know, uh, my program what I'm giving you needs to change types. So going back, I I can't recollect. I didn't have any injuries in those two Ironmans, which means I was uh, uh, I was I was just setting up small little blocks. I knew endurance meant you know, good week and another good week and another good week. We don't need some epic weeks because something didn't go my way. And then again, lose out too much time. Uh, I had sort of learned that mistake in my early first marathon thing where, you know, training just sort of three months, ramping up volume and put through. And I did have a few injuries leading up to the first marathon. So I was a bit cautious. Uh, I don't think could have pushed myself more. Well, I would like to think that uh, you know, swim, bike, and run. I was relatively—I mean, running there was a bit of a background, but swim and bike completely new. And I think I—I uh, I didn't miss any sessions, or I didn't do too much of because of missed sessions. So just looking back, I think the balance was good. Uh, right now, I think uh, thankfully, in addition to me, there are others telling me how to maintain that balance. So I've been. I've been quite lucky to you know, have a uh, have a pretty consistent build up, uh, except for that corporate part into those fourteen years where the sleep and the work sort of you know plays a bit of a role in missed workouts and recovery not happening properly. I I would have preferred to take a week break rather than push myself through, which I think I always did.
3: Mm, right.
2: The shorter
0: distances ever appeal to you because, like, with both running and triathlon, you went for the big ones right away. You know, the marathon and Ironman.
2: Yeah, I didn't know something like, I mean, uh, obviously there were 10k races and half marathons. But I said, look, I don't know if running a 10k is going to get me, lose my weight and get me sustained. So I always looked at it as, all right, uh, what can get me to take up a big change in whatever I want to do? So that's what got me to running that marathon and at the same time in 2002 i said i had a very small window uh, of you know uh, staying in germany even though i went back eventually there for a much longer period i thought that's my only opportunity to make a change run a marathon and you know uh, you know hit some milestone so again uh, i've not done too many half marathons and and uh, you'll be surprised i did my first olympic distance triathlon this year hmm. i'd never done an olympic distance try until After 20 Ironman triathlons, uh, partly because, I mean, to be honest, early on, the amount of money it took to go do a a full Ironman race and maybe even a half or a sprint if you're traveling, uh, almost, I understand the registration costs could be different, but a lot of other things are still the same. So I was just, you know, being practical about, okay, um, just go after some things because I'd set some goals. Uh, but this year I did do a bit of short distance Olympic distance try cause I wanted to try to qualify for the ITU world championship. So this year actually no Ironmans, uh, first time I focused on Olympic distance and, uh, it's been good. Uh, it's been good. And, uh, I, yeah, I've done a few half marathons and 10K races, but, uh, but only because it helped me towards my bigger goal. I didn't as such have anything, uh, you know, drawn towards it or uh, be attracted towards it for whatever reason. Maybe when I'm very old, I'll just stick to smaller ones.
3: <laughs> so, w- how are you focusing differently when you're focusing on the short, uh, shorter, intenser races? Uh,
2: again, I think uh, uh, again discussing with my coach, we we all uh, we both felt that we have a good training base, and that's something I've always been confident on. Even X months of not doing too many long workouts or things, you don't lose it. So, the focus has definitely been on, you know, a little more on uh, building a bit more of intensity, getting faster. Uh, so, I did a half marathon earlier this year uh, for the first time in maybe 10 years, I think. I had not done a half marathon uh, other than a half, uh, half marathon in an Ironman. I had not done a half marathon in about 10 years. So, again, uh, we were just focusing on getting faster at those speeds and then taking over that speed as we build up in the season towards uh, a bigger race. So I'm doing a full Ironman next year. So this year was about uh, focusing on that. Uh, It's been good. Uh, It also has given me a bit more time because I'm starting to focus on my business a little more and it involves a bit more travel to India a lot more frequently this year compared to previous years. So it helped me to just make sure that I can continue to focus on shorter workouts, uh, keep getting better, faster, and also, uh, take a little more time away from this training, uh, this year, this season to focus a little more on my work and, uh, get a few things happening in India.
3: So tell us, uh, you know, for those of us who aren't swap Neil, um, tell us about the triathlon scene in India. What, what is it like? What's it like when you go back? It's,
2: it's, uh, i think uh, maybe obviously where running was maybe 15 years back to where cycling was maybe 10 years back as a sport in india that's where sort of the numbers and the growth are but uh, but looking at uh, the number of events which are now cropping up uh, i think uh, the rate at which triathlon is growing is uh, definitely you know something when i quit my job in 2013 uh, you had to explain people what a triathlon was wow. right and i don't know uh, when i did my first one in 2008 i don't know how many had done or you know or how many people from india had done i still remember uh, writing to anman hawaii and kona saying how many people from india have gone there because i've written this goal i just want to know how many have done what's the best time types and they said i can't recollect many sites. so we knew i knew okay the sport's new but uh, in 2013 when i quit and wanted to take it up i knew it's going to grow it's uh, it's coming. The wave is coming, and in the last five years, uh, we now have maybe sort of eight to ten uh, reasonably well-established triathlons happening annually of various distances. You know, sprint, Olympic, even a half iron distance. Uh, I would say more than half of them, or at least half of them, are in the open water, whereas a few of them are still in a sort of a swimming pool setup. Mm-hmm which is unfortunately because uh, the number of water bodies which are available are close to uh, a bike route and everything else is always a challenge. Uh, but that's growing. Uh, the second, the number of people doing local events, but also number of people traveling out uh, has, has increased dramatically. I mean, uh, there were 134 people who did Ironman uh, Sri Lanka, 70.3 Colombo this year. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, uh, right from um my r club from your perspective itself we had about 35 people whom we trained so that's a huge number 135 people traveling yes it's a close enough neighboring country but uh, it's the same i'm sure in malaysia which is in about 3 weeks time last year i think there were at least uh, 50 or 70 people out there uh, doing anman uh, uh, 70.3 and the full anman in malaysia so the number of people Taking up the sport has increased. Uh, traveling out has increased. Number of events has increased. Uh, we still have a long way to go, but uh, but I think uh, I've seen the numbers grow. And uh, it was a it was a, a big change for me when I swapped my corporate career for triathlon coaching. But uh, I knew the numbers are in our in my favor when I say numbers. Well, it's a large country, like you were stating in the starting of your podcast. All I needed was a very, very, very small percentage of people who would potentially take up the sport and, you know, uh, be ready to, you know, sort of pay for a service and for the coaching and to, you know, put through. And the whole idea is to sort of create that market and, you know, then, you know, uh, go along
0: with it. So it's
2: definitely growing.
0: Hmm so when did the desire to start coaching other people come into the picture and like what was that whole process like of taking that leap from your corporate job which you were in for 14 years to then starting your own coaching business i mean that that's a leap that many people are afraid to take so what is that whole process like and what got you interested in doing that
2: I think in general, I was always passing some, you know, because I'd already done a few marathons, people were asking me a few questions. And I'd always, I remember, uh, you know, trying to get a few more people to run and lose weight and small things like that. So that was happening. But again, in very isolated, small incidents. Uh, But I think in 2011 and 12 and 13, uh, for about two or three years, I was trying to go under 11 hours in an Ironman. And uh, I mean, I remember doing 11 hours and 50 seconds 11 hours and a minute and 11 hours and 29 seconds I just couldn't go under 11 hours even though I was training really hard but obviously the amount of time I could train and the work demands all that was sort of you know definitely affecting a few things and uh, in 2013 again I remember Port Macquarie driving back from there I think it's about 500 or 600 kilometers away from Brisbane and obviously one more race was completed and I think my body was a bit breaking down because I was not taking care of it and I was not getting better and also spending time with family, all those things. So that's where, you know, I really put it down as, well, there are three things happening in life. You know, there is uh, family, Uh, I had a three-year-old son at that time. So wife and son, there is work. Work was going really well. I mean, I was, uh, you know, uh, had a, had a great, great job great people around I was growing within my corporate career and third triathlon wise yes I'd done a fair amount of triathlons I was getting better I was liking it I was very passionate about it but uh, really looking at it there were there's a three things right there was family there was work there was triathlon and I felt there's only room for two I don't think I'm doing justice overall uh, for all three Uh, there's only room for two so time to pick one and when i put that into perspective uh you know it was just you know it was a very easy decision uh, even though it was a big decision financially and everything else so i said all right work has to go uh triathlon has to stay but let's make triathlon our work and let's go after uh you know training people uh, maybe you know it's a good place to learn more about the sport get certified all those things here in australia and maybe you know uh train people online and um uh, build the sport back in India, so that was the time or the decision to take that. And I had a, you know, I had this discussion with my wife, and she was very supportive. And we said, okay, let's give this six months uh, and see oh, what where it takes. Uh, right, we still need something to pay our bills on a monthly basis. So let's see if there is money in this, and if this takes off, uh, you know, to a certain degree, and the trend is at least. Trending up, then. Otherwise, I was not burning any bridges back in my corporate career. They actually wanted me to take a, you know, uh, my managers and a few people said, "Why don't you just take a sabbatical and you know <laughs> take some time off come and back. come back types." Uh, yeah, but uh, I knew it's just one foot out of the door. I don't think I'll yeah. I'll go after it with the same thing. I mean, but at the same time, I was not burning any bridges in my. I'm. I was fairly confident that in six months' time, if this did not take away, take off the weight. Should be, I can always go back, either to the same company or otherwise. I was fairly confident in my skills to, you know, find another job. And uh, and again, maybe sounding cliches, but like they say, if you want to fail, fail early. And I was only thirty-five or thirty-six, and there is still so many more years left. So if it didn't work out, it's all right. Very true. We'll we'll figure out something else. Good advice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's a really great message. You know, you can always just go back to that ordinary job or whatever it is. So, yeah, there's there's this other thing I wanted to talk about. So, you know, you've coached a large number of athletes in India, obviously. And like you said, the sport is growing. The trend is upwards. And I think a large reason for that is Ironman. You know, the whole brand of Ironman and what it stands for. But I I think I just see this Ironman sort of craze in the country, which which is great in one way because it attracts more people to the sport, but it can be a downside in some ways as well, right? Um, Because I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, that a high majority of the athletes that come to you for coaching, they would come saying that they want to do an Ironman. And we've talked about this a few times on the podcast earlier as well, that triathlon isn't only Ironman. And... We see it all over the world, people jumping to the Ironman distance pretty quickly. And, you know, but I think, at least from what I see, that's even more so prevalent in India.
2: I think uh, I'd like to touch upon two areas. One is, I think the brand of Ironman is, is pretty big. So whoever wants to do their first big triathlon, I think, uh, you know, uh, they are always going after this, right? People say, hey, I did my first Iron distance triathlon or I did a challenge you know with all due respect I think uh, there are lots of great triathlons and I also do a lot of smaller triathlons uh, because again it's less uh, you know it costs me lesser it's a great race it's a great brand still right so I'm fully up for that but I think uh, a lot of people who want to do their first one or have something on a bucket list uh, you know uh, because that's what people associate with I think that's what has drawn and you're right about That being a lot more prevalent in India. and uh, But I've always, I remember the first venture. I mean, I started right now. The current venture is called Yoska, But when I started in 2013, I called it Try A New Life, right? I was telling people it's a lifestyle choice. Triathlon gives you an option to make some changes and keeps you motivated to sustain those changes. You can, along the way, race, get better, get competitive, have aggressive goals, all that. But at any point of time, uh, it should continue to be a wholesome change and a lifestyle change, around. So that's what I've always told. And and uh, it's nice to have a goal to say I want to do an Ironman, but let's make sure we are ready for it. So that's been a that's been something which I've have been quite vocal about it with you know a few people. Some people don't like it. They say, hey. Uh, I had another coach who said I can do it. I said, fair enough. I have a duty of care and I think this is what you should be doing. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, you know, I don't need to look at it as a business last because somebody is going somewhere else. Uh, I think that is, but I don't think one person like me can make that change. It is something which I'm seeing it in running. You know, a lot of people, I mean, I felt my first marathon time of 4.58 was, you know, with uh, a slow and very, a premature in terms of putting through, but I see people running a 520, 525, and them wanting to progress to an ultra marathon very quickly. I mean, uh, so there is this. Maybe it's a I don't know. It's a peer pressure or social gratification. I don't know what it is where people are drawn patience towards. Shortage. Sorry, <laughs> I said
3: patience shortage.
2: Patience shortage. I mean, uh, yeah, the hardest thing which I found when I'm training people is to hold back to say, hey, we do this. We get your, maybe your half marathon time to this, and then we'll go after it. But my eight other friends are doing it. Yep, eight other friends are doing it, but uh, maybe they're more ready for it. Maybe they're not. I can only, you know, speak for you. Uh, so so that is there. Uh, well, one thing I've tried to do is we've tried to bring in a bit more structure, training, make training more accessible to people and maybe even more affordable, so in the last two or three years we've built our own small little app and platform uh, which is you know which which helps us coaches uh, you know take training to various people across india and overseas uh, in a in a way where people can actually you know see the progression and you know uh, follow that structured method to to put through uh, but again it's it's uh, it's uh, it's something which will take a lot more time but I'm hoping that with a lot more people speaking about it and also you know, recognizing the fact that uh, there is there is time, right? Uh, what's the rush uh, in in doing all that immediately and then suffering and then not liking the sport, right? The chances of you getting away from triathlon or getting away from running when you have a bad experience of a race is quite high, right? So why not build it up well, enjoy the experience of training the race, and then you know, look forward to doing one more, uh, not because you failed or struggled, but because you loved it so much.
3: Yeah, that's a great approach. And I imagine it cuts, it cuts down the injuries from your athletes that you coach as well. Yes. I mean, endurance sports
2: uh, is, we are prone to it, but the whole idea there is, you know, how do we, uh, because people still can't, people are still uh, not finding time to do all the small things like sleeping properly and resting and recovering and things uh a lot of people down there feel if they don't go run 30 kilometers every sunday they are losing their fitness or they're not doing better right so uh a lot of people need to just you know take confidence from the fact that you know there is there is a structure there is a method and you know it's okay to you know uh, approach a few things differently uh, but uh, but yeah i can't change everyone we can only we can only advise we can nudge mm-hmm. we can let people know
0: Yep. Yep. Another thing I was curious to get to hear your thoughts around was professional triathletes from India. So so when do you think we'll see professional athletes from India on the international circuits? And what kind of changes do you think that will require?
2: I think one is the support system underneath with respect to it. Again, uh, for example, even for me to qualify for the itu Worlds. there was a fair amount of racing and points and everything but also the process of it wherein you know i need to get the uh the indian triathlon federation to uh, understand recognize the process support and all those things so it took a bit of effort they were they were supportive and they you know helped me to get through the process and everything else but uh but once again given the professional nature there are two things right one is support from such organizations secondly pure pure uh, cost I mean as an age grouper we know how much it costs to just stay in triathlon and do one race a year right so for somebody to uh, you know get there uh, it's a catch-22 unless you do well you don't get sponsors unless you have sponsors and other things you don't get races so that's there and uh, and the amount of uh, it's it's just like how running or cycling or any other sport is there is so much money into you know a couple of big sports in india uh i shouldn't say a couple pretty much cricket uh, and uh other things that it'll take some time on that on the infrastructure side and things i mean look as long as you have access to a pool and an indoor bike trainer and you can run i don't personally see you know too many things stopping people from taking that big leap right i mean all you need is you know even a 25 meter pool will do right uh, it just takes time effort but i guess individually speaking people have to see that there is money in it and uh, and initially they should have the funding and the money to go after such things to become a professional at athlete and go on so i think personally that is it i don't see this being too far away where we won't have anyone i think uh, you know we found some great talent in in places uh, really, you know, not even tier one cities, in tier two cities who have been, you know, national level swimmers and then take up cycling and, you know, phenomenal talent. Uh, And, uh, you know, we've been running and uh, we also do, uh, I've been coaching a few people pro bono, mainly because, you know, if I find the right talent and I tell this to a lot of people and our extended coaching team, we have about 15 other uh, certified coaches in my coaching team in addition to me. And one of the things I've always told them is keep looking out, find some talent and they feel they can't afford our coaching programs. Hey, you know, I need each one of you to at least coach one or two people pro bono go after that. So again, look, it's just one, one person, one team like me trying to do that. I'm sure uh, that will happen. Infrastructure is slowly catching on. uh, But I think there are alternates to, you know, we can ride indoors. We can always manage our running. I don't see that as a big roadblock. I think mainly for the individual and for that individual to spend that money and start early and get the right fundamentals going and all that so there are a few things which need to come together but i think it will take time and um, hopefully you know um, it's not too long
0: yeah absolutely and you know you make a good point there because like i hear so many people with in india they say that it's not the most convenient to train here and I'm like, yeah sure it may not be the most convenient but Then, you know, again, it just comes to that cliche of if you really want to do it, you'll find the way. Otherwise, you'll just find the excuses.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, and it seems like the the rise of really great indoor training options for the bike especially has got to have boosted um, people's access to triathlon in places where roads or traffic or infrastructure make it difficult.
2: Absolutely. I mean, uh, I have a Wahoo kicker for the last three years. Uh, It's not like in Brisbane, there are not enough people, but I mean, places for me to road, but there is still a safety element. There is convenience. I mean, I will sit on my bike trainer for three hours, maybe between 9.30 and 12.30 today if I have to, uh, or even in the late evening. And I've been telling that to people, uh, if you have an overall budget for triathlon, think about everything you need there. Forget about the damn group sets. (laughs) <laughs> drop down one or two buy a bike trainer right so uh and uh i'm thankfully people are starting to heed that advice and i have so many people doing indoor workouts and i'm starting to give workouts which can also be done indoor right I have trainer roads i know zwift is really cool but obviously i'm a trainer road sort of a, a person with respect to the indoor workouts and i actually can give them what to do i'm trying to build some custom ones and uh, i've had people do three hour four hour five hour rides indoor so mentally challenging but they're doing it and they're seeing great improvements and uh, you know it's much safer I've had some trainees who've had some unfortunate incidents uh, and accidents but uh, so each time that comes up I tell people hey you know you can you're sure you'll get back home in one piece when you do it at home right so let's just let's just do that as much as we can don't don't underestimate how good indoor training can make you you know, I'm better as a cyclist. So,
3: well, not only that, but it seems like the Ironman bike splits from the times of the old steel bikes. Dave's got it's not that much faster today. I mean, it is faster, but it's not like hours faster.
2: Absolutely, I think uh, the
3: engine is still the thing.
2: Of uh, definitely, I think you. I know we had some great times in the last Kona great day and even the bike split times have got better but the the change in technology of training and the equipment and all that has been so much but the time differences are I mean people still in the 80s were still riding as hard as they could and swam and ran so I mean Hmm. full credit to it it's still you know there's still a lot of it's pretty much the engine like you said right so
3: so invest in the engine that's a great philosophy yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> invest in the engine love that and you know you just mentioned kona and would love to hear your experience of racing there you're one of three people to rep india at the Ironman world championships so what was that whole experience like
2: uh that was i think uh, that was 2017 last year and uh, and i think it was like the whole the whole week of the race week build up and the race itself for me to even, you know, just um, on race day for me to swim or ride and run in all the places or the roads or the street names, which we have only heard on videos and or seen and have people talk about it uh, was just, you know, uh, uh, something very special day. And that was one of my goals when I was doing each of my triathlons or every one of my training days. I mean, pretty much waking up to say, all right, what, what can I do to – you know hopefully get me their types so that's that's what uh, and that's what drove me and uh, it's and it was good to uh, good to have a uh, have a such a big goal in all the build up and uh, well they say it's hard they say all those things yes it still turned out to be you know a tough day out there but i didn't really care too much about the finish time i think i had a great time not necessarily Know, the the actual target time maybe which i would have maybe liked to do but end to end right through from the race week the build-up uh, the atmosphere uh, and the race was very special would love to go back there uh, so plotting my next set of uh, goals and things to you know head back there to you know uh, have another crack
3: did you get much uh, press back in India in terms of people understanding or acknowledging, uh, celebrating that as such a big achievement?
2: Not too much, but again, um, I didn't. Uh, uh, I didn't. Uh, I think in general, I just shared it as whatever my milestone was and things. Uh, I did get a couple of uh, references from some of my friends who uh, put that, but not too much. It's still. Uh, it's still not something which is uh, even even here in Australia. I don't think triathlon gets any newsworthy thing even in the you know big presses, right? Even when we have had major world champions and things, so you can only understand that India it's not even a sport. And I'm just somebody who just went to Kona, so uh, not really. I think it'll take, uh, and I and I'm I mean I'm fine with it because you know uh, we do this for various reasons. But uh, I've also tried to see what we can do to. Inject a bit of uh, you know enthusiasm or uh, interest into the sport. So that's been uh, that's been something I've been trying to do. And uh, well, people tell me I need to be a bit more social, a bit more vocal about a few things. Uh, but I guess everybody has different personalities. Uh, but now I have a bigger team and a and a business. I think uh, I think I'm starting to do a bit more few things to you know uh, get a few things going there. Uh, but I think we still fair amount to fair amount fair fair distance away from you know uh, people recognizing that as a sport
3: Mm. yeah
0: all right to to you know sort of wrap things up here we've got a final few questions going forward what would you like your next chapters to look like
2: i think uh, the key thing is to get uh, get get triathlon a lot more popularized in india you know i would like to see Uh, a major brand like you know and man and other things uh, come to india i want a lot more people to take up triathlon as a lifestyle make changes and you know so that they can i mean they can do triathlon is just one sort of you know vehicle or means to stay fit and healthy and that's something i've experience on and that's the only reason i'm speaking about it or i'm doing something so but in general if people can just take up some form of healthy lifestyle and things uh, across uh, especially given how how big the you know the working population and the aspect of things in India are, I think uh, I'd like to see what what small things I can do to make that. Personally, for me, uh, I'd like to you know continue to hit my goals and you know get a sub ten Ironman at some stage, and uh, you know go back to Kona and do a few things that'll keep me. And uh, we're also building up. Uh, uh, from, a, from a business perspective, uh, definitely we've built a small app and a platform which we want to take to the world stage with respect to ability for coaches to coach people and also to establish a much better uh, framework and academy to coach people across India. So a few things to go after, uh, but you know, the journey continues and I definitely look forward to what it has in store for me.
0: Perfect. And what's the message you would want people listening to take away from your story?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think I, I let it too late to make take that first step. Right. We don't wake up one day, twenty or thirty kilos overweight. Right. It happens over a period. And um, uh, why make it hard? Right. So that's what I've been trying to tell people, and you know, whatever people around me saying when you're 18, 19, 20, 24, whatever it is, you know, don't make it hard on yourself by the time you're 35 or 40, right? So I wish I had taken those steps a little earlier, would have made it easier for me. And uh, and I hope anyone listening or whatever it is, uh, start making that change. And uh, it's a hard one to uh, uh, reverse that process, but it, it can start. And uh, the earlier it starts, the better. And write some big goals. And uh, if that gets you going, or whatever it gets you going right so personally for me writing those big goals and going after it um you know got me going find whatever you now whatever floats your boat so see what works for you but definitely take that first step
0: yep. and are there any people or brands that you like to give a shout out to
2: nothing with respect to brands but obviously you know uh, all through this journey and triathlons takes us so much out of you i think uh my my super supportive wife, Hema, I mean, right through from the decision of moving out of corporate into this where, you know, uh, supported me, not just in that, but the entire scenario where uh, she was still working and, you know, putting through all, uh, putting through with all these changes and obviously the long hours of training and supportive, she's been there every race supporting me. Uh, that's a big, uh, you know, without which I don't think I would be here. Uh, right now also working with a, Big team of, uh, you know, uh, with my company, Yoska, my partner in crime, Prasad. I think in the last few years, we've worked really hard to build a product and shape up the training program. And to every one of my coaches uh, who has helped me and our coaching team back in India, who's helping a lot of people in India, uh, amazing group. And, uh, and I look forward to, you know, what we can do out there.
0: Yeah. So, if someone wants to get involved with coaching or just wants to get in touch with you or the team, where can they do so?
2: Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so, uh, we have a company uh, called Yoska. Uh, Yos and Ka two Sanskrit words. Uh, Yos means happy or healthy. Ka means body or soul. So, our vision is uh, having a you know, healthy body and a happy soul. And we have a training academies for triathlon, running, cycling, and general fitness. So people can go to EOSKA, Y-O-S-K-A dot in to find out more about our training programs, our coaches and, you know, what we can do to help you out there.
0: Perfect. And our last question is, why do you try? I think for me, it's
2: become a a lifestyle and uh, it's given me a lot in the sport. And right now it's my it's also my career. So I keep uh, doing this. I want to push myself. Uh, personally with respect to my own athletic sort of you know where i can get there and second uh, you know it gives me a lot of joy satisfaction to see others whom we are all coaching to meet their goals whatever it may be you know just losing weight or doing a triathlon or running a marathon and that's what keeps me going and that's why i try
0: awesome all right coach (laughs) thank you a ton for coming on the show here and for sharing your journey with us we really appreciate it
3: yeah thank you
0: absolutely thank you so much
2: hey thanks Swapnil and thank you team and I know great job you all are doing I had a a read of this I know Swapnil from a long time but uh, great to see him and the team working on this Uh, wish you well and thank you so much for having me Uh, it's been a pleasure
0: and I look forward to you know future conversations for sure
3: definitely thank you so much
0: hey everyone thanks a lot for listening we hope you enjoyed today's show if you did and you love the hot podcast it would mean a lot to us if you could subscribe rate and leave the podcast a review on whichever platform you're listening on your reviews help the show be found by and reach more people like yourself so we'd really appreciate it if you took a minute to leave us that review and thank you all for being a part of this community if you haven't already you can find and follow us on instagram facebook and strava at humans of triathlon so head on over there and let us and our guests know how you like the episode also the show notes for everything mentioned or discussed on the episode can be found on our website which is of triathlon.com forward slash hot podcast and be sure to join us again next week, where we'll bring you another amazing guest and story from this ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon. Until then, everyone, keep trying.